was the semi-final, uh, and that, of course, involved our very own Zoe Hobbs, and uh, Zoe fell achingly short of uh, making that 100 metres final, just failing by 0.01 of a second uh, outside to, to qualify and uh, get into that uh, glamorous final. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Eliza McCartney didn't have the comeback she was hoping for uh, with uh, an injury, so uh, she didn't uh, actually... Uh, get a height so uh, she was out uh, uh, and it wasn't um, I think uh, the best of um, meets so far from a New Zealand point of view but uh, joining us now uh, to talk about uh, the world champs out of Budapest is former Olympian and heptathlete Sarah Cowley-Ross. Uh, good morning to you Sarah, thanks for your time. Yes, thanks for having me, kia ora. Kia ora. Yes, uh, listen, it's uh, agonising. I mean, it's just uh, all of these uh, these races, these events are just a matter of uh, inches and heights and millimetres of seconds, etc. Uh, but it is painful at the time, and particularly for Eliza McCartney, it worked so damned hard to get back to a world championship status for her, not uh, being able to register a height. Oh, that's devastating for Eliza and her team. You know, she jumped 485 just, you know, weeks ago really and that was the second highest height in the world uh, this year up behind Katie Moon at 4.90 so to not clear 4.50 in her opening uh, opening height I, I spoke to Staffy yesterday and he we were talking about medals but I said the first thing you got to clear your opening height so and unfortunately that was a no-go for her uh, she has put out I saw that she has been battling with Achilles injuries, it's flared up again so the road to full health for her is 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 a, is a bumpy one and hopefully she can get this sorted and be back to the heights that you know she's really shown that come, coming back into the this world level this year that she's capable of but yeah, devastating result for her and Olivia McTaggart yeah. actually Absolutely, um, and, and obviously, and Achilles too. Um, just the last, the very last interview, uh, an injury you you want to have uh, as an athlete, surely. Yeah, not not great, the old Achilles, uh, but you know she's shown, and she's got good people around her, um, the likes of Chelsea Lane, who's her, working as her therapist um, alongside, you know, Lou Johnson, uh, that she can come back from these injuries, but it's going to take a while. I probably think more uh, mentally a bit of pill to swallow this one. Uh, and I think the disappointment as well for the female pole vaulters with Olivia McTaggart not making the final, she could only clear um, 450. Uh, sorry, she didn't clear 450 and uh, Imogen Eris did clear 450, so that's a good result for her, but she didn't progress to the final. Right, off to the track uh, where we saw uh, Zoe Hobbs in action uh, and painstakingly for her after what a fantastic last 12 months she's had of not quite making uh, that final field for the 100-metre sprint at the barest of, uh, of, of margins in that respect. Yeah, 0.01 seconds, uh, but she's close. She's so close, and I think that's the really exciting part about Zoe's run. Tenth in the world, tenth fastest woman in the world. Let's not forget that. And I think that you know, if you wind normalise the time, it's actually equal to her best run ever. Uh, so 
I think that Zoe's performance is actually outstanding. She's stepped up again at a major championship. Yes, she'll be disappointed to not make the final, but she was in the fastest semi-final in the history of the World Championships. The World Championships was won by Shikari Richardson in a championship record. So she knows now what she needs to do to make that final in Paris next year, and that's going to require a, a, a sub-11 time through every round, And but she's right there. I mean, that's the thing we're looking at, aren't we? We're, we're, not, we're talking really about uh, a similar field to the Olympics. Uh, that run by uh, Richardson uh, to, uh, to knock over uh, Fraser Price was, was quite outstanding, wasn't it? Was that predicted? Oh, she's a bit of a... Sh- yeah, no, she's a, she's a big-time game, game player, Shakari Richardson. She's full of personality, and, you know, I don't think I was expected from lane nine, uh, but... My goodness, she came home, and the the fight for actually uh, the the silver medal between the Jamaicans, Jamaicans Sh- Sharika Jackson, um, edging out Shelley Ann Fraser Price, who who is who's an amazing favourite, uh, and just a, a great human being, um, but an amazing amazing final, and, and great to have nine people in it as well with. The results of the semi-finals. There was two actual um, tied places in the, throughout the semi-final rounds, which which then meant uh, nine people were in the final. Let's uh, look uh, at Hamish Kerr's performance, and he said a major disappointment from his point of view. He's been a two thirty four jumper, couldn't get to two twenty five this time round. Yeah, again, um, a real bad day at the office for Hamish. He's had, uh, you know, some good results throughout the international season. He's won the Diamond League. He's had some other, you know, podium finishes. But he's also probably been a little bit inconsistent. And I think that really showed um, in the not being able to clear 225, which, you know, on, a, on, on any other day would have been light work for him. This is what happens sometimes at major championships and I feel like Hamish will come back stronger for Paris uh, next year. He has medalled on the World Championship stage at World Indoors, um, but he's got a bit of work to do to clean that up for next year. Tom Walsh, Jack O'Gill, fourth and sixth um, respectively. We're so used to seeing uh, one of them um, and particularly Tom being uh, on the podium as such. And a massive last f- uh, throw from uh, Ryan Krauser. Uh, he's an outstanding beast of a man, this guy. <laughs> he is a beast of a man, old Krauser. And, you know, he came out and said that he had two blood clots in his leg, um, you know, before the, the meeting started. And then, you know, 2298. Uh, he was leading into that final round and then knowing that he was going to be on top of the podium just absolutely launched it and threw the second furthest throw in the history of men's shot put. So, you know, hats off to Ryan Krauser, but, you know, gutted for Tom. I know that he was in exceptional form leading into these championships and he's, you know, really disappointed not to walk away with something out of that and uh, Jacko actually sixth is best he finished at World Championships. So whilst he didn't get over 22 metres, I think that you know that that's a that's a great performance. Well, a, a good performance from Jacko, but yeah, hugely disappointing for Tom. 
Sarah, uh, I just wonder what the, the Dutch women athletes have done wrong to keep falling over on the track at such crucial stages. <laughs> Oh, this heartbreak for the Dutch on day one. The, the Safan Hassan, who's been just an absolute performer for the Dutch over the years, 5K, 10K, 1500, and then, you know, won the London Marathon this year, well, in the 10K on day one. She is going stride for stride with Gide from, uh, from Ethiopia and falls 10 metres from the, from the finish line. And, and as picks herself up and sort of walks over the line and then, you know, minutes later in the final event of day one in the 4x400-metre mixed team relay where you have a, a male athlete go off first, followed by a female, then a male and then a female, Fenty Bowl, who's one of the real stars of world athletics at the moment, is in the lead and then the US athlete comes up on her shoulder two metres from the line and she falls over as well. So it was this absolute drama for the Dutch. Thinky uh, Bolt dropped the baton so over the line. So she, the, the team was actually disqualified. So they came away with nothing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in the, in the heat of the 400-meter hurdle uh, overnight, Thinky Bolt looked very, very comfortable. So she, I heard she, her say in an interview after, you know, what, what next for you? Well, it's revenge on the track. So... I'll watch out for a fast time from Finky Bow in the four hurdles and also Lecky Clava in the 400-metre flat uh, for the women as well. They'll be certainly wanting redemption. Well, an event uh, dear to your heart, of course, is the uh, women's heptathlon, and that had one of the great finishes of all time and uh, a great result for Katarina Johnson-Thompson, but, boy, it was oh so close, wasn't it? Oh, what a great heptathlon, and I'm so glad you want to talk about it, Smithy, because, my goodness, it was it was right down to the wire uh, whether you had the last event, you know, potentially could have been a lead change, and I'm so stoked for Katarina Johnson-Thompson to come back to some form, which she has always promised. She, she was just an outstanding young junior talent. I competed against her in 2012 at the London Olympics, and... For her to come home so strong on the on the second day against Anna Hall, who is one of the real threats um, of one of the major future stars of athletics, and she was the dead set favourite going into these championships, as uh, with Nafi Fingham, uh, the Belgium athlete, who's the um, who pulled out with an Achilles issue as well, and Katarina Johnson Thompson ran a lifetime best of two oh five uh, in the eight hundred to finish and, and take the gold by by twenty points. So yeah, exciting, uh, an exciting heptathlon, which is what you want to see, and great to see so many people, including Staffy, so pumped about it. So just tell us um, how fine a margin twenty points is. 20 points, if you get back to, say, that would be one centimetre in high jump and three centimetres in, well, maybe four centimetres in long jump. So it's, yeah, you do seven events and it come, it's probably like worth um, maybe a second in the 800. 
Nothing. Right, so ex- ex- nothing and, and absolutely nothing. Explain this. Yeah. How do you divide your time? Now, I've often wondered this about, um, you know, when you're looking at heptathletes, decathletes, etc. Do you spend more time um, on the events that you're perhaps not so proficient at and, or do you realise that, that that's going to be the case and work on the other one? How do you do it? How do you split it? How do you, how do you work through an improved performance? Well, you you have a great coach that figures that out for you, but um, there are events in the heptathlon where you can really score a lot more points. It's much harder to score points in the throws if you're weaker in the throws. So, for example, um, like a 1,000 points in the high jump uh, is to get a thousand points in the javelin it would require so much more work technically uh, to do that so it's a matter of getting your your weaker events up to a, an acceptable standard I would say and really going hard on the ones that you can really sort of go to the points the, the bank on I guess um, but you mm. need a, an overall level of fitness um, an overall great level of conditioning and uh, you've there's always something to work on um, but essentially in the technical events there's a lot of similarities between them uh, but you just need to do a lot of work so Sarah it, it's, it, from the you know when we look at it and we see uh, the athletes competing there seems to be great fellowship I mean athletes are a very special breed of athletes is that the case is I mean there's rivalry there's intense rivalry but as a group you know you spend a couple of days out there together and then of course you go to the next meet and here you go again uh, is there a great fellowship and and uh, that kind of thing there is like you've really you, you've your observation is totally correct around um, multi events. It's, it's the same in decathlon. It's a real special event and a real camaraderie. Yeah, absolutely. You want to smash the other competitor, but it's knowing what you go through in a heptathlon or decathlon, and it is a roller coaster. You all everyone sets out to do seven PBs, but I don't know anyone that's done that in, in a, at a championship. Um, but the it's about being out there together. Sometimes you need to help the other your competitors in terms of um, if your coach is not able to, you know, see your warm up or they're away with another athlete. So it's about helping each other out to get the best out of your competitor. So that brings out the best in you. And you know, my best friend was my is my great was my greatest rival in heptathlon in New Zealand, Rebecca Wardell, and. Um, yeah, we just wanted to go against each other, but we also wanted the best for each other as well, and that's heptathlon. That's great. Okay, Sarah, so what have we got to look forward to now from uh, perhaps uh, a New Zealand perspective? Are our best chances gone? And uh, what are you looking for now on the world stage looking forward? Well, I'm really looking forward to seeing Tori Peters in the javelin uh, lineup overnight in the qualifying. She's got a you know a chance for redemption after missing you know a, a, you know not the best performance last year in Oregon, but she's had a Diamond League podium this year. I think she's our best chance in terms of um, a, a top eight finish from what's left. Uh, Jordy Beamish as well. He's also a very good um, chance in the in the steeplechase final. He's had a great year changing to this event and he's a guy that, you know, what I see of him is that he's not afraid to, you know, kick it with the with the best in the world and, and really, you know, run hard and run aggressive um, at, at, all, at all costs. So I'm looking forward to those guys competing but also 
the men's decathlon is going to be great and uh, we've got some great other events coming. The 200s will be good to see Noah Lyles. Can he do the one-two double? Mm. Uh, will be uh, The American fans will be really ur- urging him on. So, yeah, some really good battles to come. Budapest, but it's been a, a it's been a great championship so far. Not so great for New Zealand. Not so great. And Geordie Beamish is an interesting story because uh, he left here. Um, he's Wanganui Collegiate from memory. I think he was a Hawks Bay boy, but he uh, he left here. Uh, you know, wanting to do well. I think he might have gone to Villanova in the states. Was certainly looking at going to Villanova University, but he's done everything out of New Zealand. So it's well, these are the only opportunities we get to catch up with an athlete like that. Yeah, and, that's, and and good on him for recognising that that's that's the pathway he wanted to to take. And we've had you know you know you look at the likes of Adrian Blinko, you know even Nick Willis, you know we we mm. have not seen them at home so much throughout their careers. We're lucky that Sam Tanner has come back to New Zealand and is doing exceptionally well out of New Zealand. But Geordie Beamish, he's a real talent. Uh, you know, made um, made finals last year in the five k, and I I heard an interview. A, what impressed me with him this year was seeing him do an interview and say, I've changed to the steeplechase because I know that this event will place me higher on the world stage and I want to be on the podium. And it's very rare for a Kiwi um, athlete to you know, make those kind of claims. And so I, I respect that and I, and I wish him well in, in his final. Well, we thank you very much, Sarah, for your time this morning. It's uh, been outstanding for this uh, this catch-up. I love your enthusiasm still uh, about your friends uh, in the heptathlon, and uh, that was some spectacle, folks. If you want to see competition and drama at its very best over an event that takes so much time, that is the one you want to watch. Uh, and Katarina Johnson-Thompson, uh, supreme in the end of it. Great story, that one. Hey, Sarah, thank you so much for your time. It's been wonderful chatting. Thanks, Smithy. Go well.